There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a dissection of social and cultural issues relevant to gay men. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter, or join our community on Facebook by searching The Gays Are Revolting. And we're back for one night only. Hey, boys. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a little while. What did they say? Surprise, bitch. One night only. (laughs) Thought you saw the Um, last of us. Yes. And introducing our hosts. He changes hair color more than he changes his underwear. It's Mikey. (laughs) (laughs) I changed my underwear. How dare you? (laughs) Um, And also, we have the man who has been flight banned before it was even made into law. Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's so nice to be back in a room and immediately cutting each other down to shreds. I'm happy to introduce our next host who's fresh off a trip to Porto Vallarta where he sank a ship. (laughs) 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 It's Thomas Jaspers. Oh, thank you so much. And of course, <laughs> the man who got to spend lockdown with his favourite person in the world, himself, it's Kyle. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, who? I was like, oh, it's just me, it's just me that's left. <laughs> it's, it's nice to be back and recording. And yeah. so, it's This is so surreal. It's Very been so surreal. long because we were in our rooms for so long recording. Yeah. And when did we finish in August? We were on hiatus. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Hiatus. It felt very... Uh, Sort of professional to yeah. say hiatus yeah. and yeah. it left um, people going, but uh, I'm so happy. Instead to of see- just saying we all had breakdowns and we're the we all totally lost our <laughs> shit. It got real dark, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot. I feel like a lot has happened in the time mm-hmm. we were away mm-hmm. yeah. for yeah. us sissies and and in the world of the LGBTQIA+. Yes, yeah, 2021 has... It's been a bit of a better start, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so, and I hope it keeps going this way. I'm not sure if you guys saw that kind of viral video that's been going around of, like, um, that gay in a Melbourne nightclub uh, piting to Chromatica. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Song. I was like, oh this God, is yes. amazing. And then we became the envy of the world in the comment sections. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know what? This is actually so nice to feel like we're actually envied by people when we were, like, the trash can of Australia for so yeah. long. <laughs> <laughs> like, in, in our COVID, like, yeah, because yeah. we very high numbers here in Melbourne. Did Lady, 
didn't Lady she Gaga yeah, she, yeah. she, she, she So there was two videos. There yeah. was the initial one yeah. from Poof yeah, Doof, with, which went viral. I think which, the initial yeah. one was at um, Circuit. Circuit. Well, the one, Circuit, yeah, the Gaga posted the one from Circuit. Yeah. Yeah. I think you get a badge yeah. Yeah, for getting retweeted for sure. by Lady oh my Gaga. God, absolutely. Like, where does that but place you in the gay hierarchy? How cool is it that we get to finally dance to oh all these like God, amazing yeah. albums that got released in lockdown, which we haven't had access, like Dua Lipa, so Lady Gaga, long, like honestly. all these people. Yeah. We're so lucky. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're in a major city that has yeah. multiple gay bars, but we're also in a country that has managed to uh, keep COVID under control. Yeah. But also we're forgetting, like at the moment, Sydney still isn't allowed to dance. So Melbourne's the yeah. only the only city oh, major they have, like, city with down multiple there. bars yes. that can have um, it sounds like the plot line to like Footloose or something where <laughs> <laughs> the city where you can it still is. dance yes. yeah well oh. the the first night that we were allowed to start dancing again oh. I was hosting my new comedy night Untitled yeah. Comedy oh. at uh, Molly's <laughs> what Bar what would this podcast night? be without a plug from Tom in the first five minutes <laughs> three minutes early this week but it was midnight that night and they said oh yeah. at midnight you can announce that everyone's allowed to get up and start oh, dancing oh and so I got the and I was drunk by that point so I got a bounce and it was actually the most beautiful thing Aww. everyone just got up and was going absolutely yeah. nuts, just yeah. dancing at midnight it was so That's cool so great. felt very footloose yeah Aww. have you guys been hitting the club yeah was a little bit yeah. Yeah. yeah i've been in the last few weeks we've been going to rainbow house club which is oh, yes. really I've nice heard so many good things about that it's yeah. honestly really so good it's like what honcho used to be when they used to have it weekly which they're only doing it monthly now which and is miss, really sad I miss my girl dawn yeah, <laughs> yeah. dawn works at the bar yeah. like asia buffet runs the night like it is all different queer performers now which oh. is really really great yeah. Ruby Slippers um, Ruby Slippers oh, she's oh, her she's recently she's so like, it's just so nice to walk into a queer space again mm. and not be terrified to yeah. like hug people mm. and like yeah. dance and have a good time and like oh, it's been really really yeah. lovely and I have to say it's a tribute to the owners and the, yes. the bookers and the mm. managers and stuff of these spaces that they have soldiered on it was dire oh for a lot God, of these yeah. venues mm. during, during uh, lockdown a lot of them didn't qualify for all of their staff to be on yeah, JobKeeper yeah. and so they were trying to run like takeaway drinks yes. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. When we had that initial period mm. of you were allowed to have people in but they had to be seated, they all transformed what they were doing to mm. have, you know, DT started doing cabaret and um, for mm. my comedy night, Molly's, that, that was a new thing for them so that they could have sit-down events and that sort of stuff. Uh, they had to adapt. They adapted yeah. and pivoted so quickly and so well and their staff as well. Like that that was yeah. a lot of work for them too. So, mm. you know, kudos to them yeah. uh, for all the work they had to do to, to stay a lot to survive mm. that lockdown. Yeah, I, I think v- my favourite thing about Rainbow yeah. <laughs> is the first time I saw it, because I work near it, yeah. and this is very Melbourne-centric, so apologies, but uh, we'd gone for after-work drinks on mm. Smith Street when it had first opened up, and someone pointed across and said, is that a gay bar? And I was like, no way, that's like a... <laughs> theme gay restaurant like yeah. at first i looked at it and went that is something that is like making fun like that is not serious yeah then i think a few weeks later i was like i'm gonna try the right ra- like it's literally called like rainbow house club like yeah and it's like just <laughs> like throw some gay words at and it and i think right. it's owned by the guys that own the kebab yes. shop next yeah. door so, so the guy that owns that That's kebab hilarious. shop owns like four of them along mm. that strip and they had that just as like a random restaurant for so long and oh, then I they've opened that. this up and they, you can get all the kebabs delivered <laughs> yeah to rainbow house which is great that is, that is like that is a full service like yeah. that is amazing but it's, it's a full it's a full like community moment mm. in that they obviously own that property and that the kebabs are their business and they kind of said well yeah. to run this space we need queer people booking mm. it managing it that's mm. when ruby slippers came in and started booking the thursday nights back in the day yeah. and with a real focus on trans performance yeah. people mm-hmm. of color and the performers you don't see it like 
circuit on a mm. on a Saturday because yeah. that space didn't really exist and Honcho was mm-hmm. getting yeah. more and more sort of yeah. set in mm. who they booked and to see it kind of survive mm-hmm. COVID and then flourish now we're back with, yeah. um, you know, really varied yeah. nights across the week. Mm, yeah. I just love that kind of like, it's the kebab shop. Uh, that's, so, yeah. that's so cool. <laughs> and, and like they've hand handed the reins over to mm. these really forward yeah. thinking members of our community that say, no, this is what Melbourne wants mm, and needs. Yeah. And mm. they've just gone for it. Yeah. Like it's kind of fearless in a, yeah. in a, in a way. Yeah. It's so exciting that everything is, well, I mean, for us anyway, we're very privileged and very good lucky, space at the yeah. moment. So I'm very happy for us all. And we all really did put in all the oh, dark we times very and went, got through it here. all. So we deserve this. What's yeah. the um, uh, Oh, sorry. I know. I was just saying it, it's nice. I've been kind of exploring and going to like places I wouldn't normally go. I went to a night recently called Bones um, on the north side here, mm-hmm. um, which a friend of mine organizes. And it's just like a really fun, so inclusive, like queer space and like Ruby Slippers uh, performed there. And she was in incredible and there's so many people um, signing up to lip syncs on the stage and it was just like such a great vibe like everyone was so supportive like you couldn't get on there and not have like a good time and yeah. it was just it was such a nice release and just like all this like happy energy and everyone's just happy to see everyone just be out great times yeah. <laughs> made some great friends there yeah i also think it's um worth mentioning how what a good job all of the queer festivals around australia yeah. are doing yeah. most of our queer festivals happen in the summer season so the last thing to happen before covid started for a mm-hmm. lot of people was midsummer or mardi gras or, or mm. chill out festival or something like that so to see all of them bouncing back now mm. and adapting what they do so that they can do it it would be so easy for them to say you know what we're taking yep. a year off yeah. or from mardi gras to say yeah. you know what we'll do the parade but fuck mm-hmm. the rest of it or the same with midsummer and that sort of stuff Mm-hmm. Um, Hobart has just done one chill out's happening Christchurch you know, over in New Zealand is doing theirs as well at the moment it's really cool to see the effort and the work that they're putting in to make sure that they can still present something even if it's not yeah. the usual uh, festival that they how people are evolving yeah. and changing yeah it's really inspiring yeah. to see yeah. absolutely it's, our community is really resilient I think is yes. is um, is the thing to take from this and uh, has done such a wonderful job of mm-hmm. of making sure that we all have spaces and yeah. events to, to gather at you can see all your pretty faces there. yeah there. <laughs> I think it's all crank it to chromatica. Chromatica. Yeah. I wanted to say, what <laughs> right. was the bang? Because you know, yeah. we were in our bedrooms for so long, uh, and these albums dropped, yeah. and you're like, "This is the song I want to lose my shit to." <laughs> yeah, you know, oh my at God. the club, yes. and yeah. uh, I think. What's your song? <laughs> I think for me, it would be replay. Replay oh, is yeah. untouchable. But did you have? Yeah. Tom, I'm looking directly. I'm, wait, wait, what you? like 1950s like, what, show have tune you heard did you? Of these artists? I was at where was I? Fuck and torn by Natalie and Bruley oh, came on, and I was like, oh, I want to dance to this. Um, no, I like listening to your new bops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss this. I miss paying I you out for being old. <laughs> I knew I could go straight. Yeah, for this. straight. Yeah. For yeah. The only time I really ever am up to date with new music is when I'm at clubs. So it's been really exciting <laughs> for me yeah. to come out and hear all these albums that you've probably been listening to for, for the last 12 months Jeez. for me there's just a whole lot of music's been released in the last few weeks yeah. <laughs> it's like no one's made me a mixtape in a while yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mine was definitely 3435 ah, oh, oh, little Ari yeah. no mm. I was loving it it was really Your good little R&B yeah, sis all about it. <laughs> um, in other great 
news that's happening yeah. for our community is um, blood donation wait times have gone Ooh. down, which is really, yes. really exciting. So it was at 12 months for gay men and trans people who also sleep with men forever. What, what was it? Since 2000. 2000. Yeah. yeah. So in the 80s, they put a complete blanket yeah. ban on us donating blood mm. at all. And then in 2000, it was that you had to have had no... It was abstaining sex, from sex for 12 months. Or, yeah. But to me, at the end of the day, we are mm. more susceptible to contracting mm. HIV. That is just yeah. a thing that, that we know is a fact. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the rhetoric around it and and the wording that's been used has been pretty disgusting over time mm. and, and that needs to be addressed. I know a lot of gay men are doing it from a, a place of goodwill, wanting to donate blood genuinely from their heart. Mm. But as a lot of HIV activists will, will talk about, the way that a lot of people talk about it is as if like... They haven't. The people that want to donate blood are saying, "I'm not one of those bad gays that yeah. got HIV." Oh, as if it's sure. something that you've done wrong if you yeah. if you have contracted HIV. And whilst, yep, great, fantastic that we can we're at a place now where we can go down to three months. And I know a lot of people are arguing that there shouldn't be a ban at all. Yeah, yeah. And if science proves that that that's something that that can potentially happen, fantastic. I think the better conversation to be pushing for would be mm. just ending new HIV transmissions in Australia, Absolutely. so that it's it's not a concern. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a really mixed bag the way that people talk about it because you've then got a whole lot of people celebrating because they're able to donate blood. Mm. But the way that that can be perceived by someone who may be HIV positive is people celebrating the fact that they're being seen as separate to people right. who are HIV yeah. as if I didn't think, I didn't think of it not. yeah I didn't yeah. think of it like in that way yeah, yeah. but um, I think I, I think I read in the UK they've um, implemented an individual risk assessment yeah. Yeah. which I think is maybe a bit better with gay and bi men so they're scrapping the three month um, general period ban, yeah. and just having an individual which I think yeah. makes sense absolutely, absolutely that yeah. could so be maybe if we could, could do something like that yeah yeah, mm. for sure yeah. all I know is I've got about six tonnes worth of blood in my fridge <laughs> right yeah, now and it's about up. Yeah. <laughs> is it Own. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. And what color is it? Like green? <laughs> Just been trying to figure out where yeah. to put it. I think I think the conversations around blood donations have been relatively outdated mm-hmm. uh, and due well overdue for a review and a discourse. Mm-hmm. And the othering that occurs within our community yes. is something that is very real and yeah. requires a lot of and happens a lot in this this area. Of yeah, and yeah. this is. They're the biggest voices within this discussion Mm -hmm. and getting their insight into how we discuss it and what we should be um, sort of reviewing and pushing for Mm, means we can be more sensitive about it. But uh, so much of it, whenever we talk about legislation, you're like, this sounds like 1950s Mm -hmm. talk. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's so It's always a positive to be updating our approaches to this Mm, and and i realize it's not easy or fast to do so i'm glad this has had some movement on it but and you are right with with the individual risk assessment Mm. things um it's definitely something we potentially should be looking at we are seeing actually a rise in uh, new cases of hiv in the heterosexual community there is theories that is related to a rise in popularity in anal sex within the heterosexual community yeah because the the, the basic facts are that you know the anus tears easier Mm. than Mm. a vagina does so it's easier to to transmit it that way um so the theory is that that's why it's rising in the heterosexual community and if that is is the case then perhaps there does need to be individual risk assessments for Mm. absolutely Mm -hmm. everybody um but yeah, I think Luke put it perfectly. The othering that the gay community does yeah. when they're talking about about blood donations and HIV is 
yucky. Yeah. It's a yucky comment. Like, I've seen the comment threads yeah. and they're so, like, not taking full consideration into the scope and, and mm-hmm. the... And what you're saying yeah. when you're saying, yeah. oh, I, don't, I don't need to yeah. be judged that way. Yeah. Yeah. Other yeah. gays might, but I don't need to be judged yeah. that I'm way. also not a science gay, so I don't, like... <laughs> <Yeah>. That's <laughs> for damn sure. <laughs> I collect blood for, like, entertainment <laughs> Recreational Recreational. <laughs> so, I, like, I'm not the, like, go-to source, yeah. and that's why I don't really put my head into these discussions, mm. but I'll support anyone that I see being othered yeah yeah i i really that always resonates with me and makes me go okay there's another way of looking at this issue that Mm -hmm. maybe isn't the status quo Mm. yeah um so let let's let's see where that conversation goes you're like mother Teresa. (laughs) i know she collected blood as well i think (laughs) (laughs) oh god she was a little missed that little brown gay (laughs) boy (laughs) we also had another win uh this year just in february uh now this is a victorian issue where uh Upper House and our Parliament passed uh, a law banning gay conversion practices yes. um, with some pretty hefty fines. Yeah. Mm. Um, and obviously people have been pushing up against this and wanting this mm-hmm. for much, much longer than that as well. Mm. So it feels like a long overdue yeah, absolutely. movement. Yeah. As, as uh, Kyle was just saying, one of those news headlines you hear of that you think, oh, isn't that from the 1950s? But yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and even one of our podcast Friends of the pod, Harriet Sheng. Harriet, yes. We love Harriet. Harriet who um, uh, was here talking about wombats yeah. once, I believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Harriet loves her puppy. Yeah. We miss Harriet. Um, was there as an openly gay member of parliament yes. to, first, to speak. First, first a lesbian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not to underplay. Um, to speak on the matter and celebrate with other members of our community. Mm. And I know a few people who have gone through conversion practice yeah. um, in their childhood or their mm. early teens and the effects and the the scars of a monumental yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and i could only imagine how this like this would feel like a monumental yeah. yeah. monumental such a huge thing and the government's not yeah. fucking around with it either no. saying, yeah i think it was a two hundred thousand dollars and plus jail time. and jail yeah. time plus a hundred thousand dollars if there was any physical damage yes. done yes. because there are some disgusting physical practices mm-hmm. yeah. that can be involved with um conversion practices i'm really well. happy yeah that they're just fully coming down yeah, with yeah. like huge fun Fines, mm. jail time, yeah. fuck him. And I love that it was like majority vote as well. Like it was 27 yes. to 9. Like it, it was a bipartisan mm. vote. Like it was mm. pretty much everyone across the bench was yeah. like, we can't do this. Yeah. this it's so let's nice. track down those yeah. nine. We love, but yeah. <laughs> we love <laughs> these people. Let's get it done. Yeah. I love no, this for us. We love this. For, we stand. Uh, yeah. It is good. And it's one of the constant battles I think we face within our community, mm. which is this sort of straw man argument that we our existence threatens uh, religious freedom mm, like yeah. by just existing we are a threat to everyday society mm. or people's right to believe in a certain religion yeah. and it's used against us politically mm-hmm. quite often the like very few voices that were in dissent against this pushed that angle that mm-hmm. this was infringing on a religious right because it was a yeah. belief yeah. but it's honestly just a way to get people angry mm-hmm. and feel like 
us naughty gays are taking something Those away gays. from you. Yeah. Like yeah. we're storming into your house and we're not going to let you pray or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Harriet mentioned that in her speech. Was it Harriet that was talking no, about that? No, I think that? it was the other, the other speech. Just right, yeah. Mm. But basically they were talking about the fact that, that we are, you can actually still be a homophobe. Not, yeah. There, there yeah. is still freedom of speech and freedom of religion. If your religion wants you to dislike gays, you are still allowed to do mm. that. What this is doing is stopping you from trying to convert an individual, yeah. convert their, their gender orientation or... Mm. Or sexuality, mm-hmm. yeah. It was MP Sonia uh, Terpstra that right, said yeah. that. And, she and, articulated it much better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of sad that that is the reality of yeah. it. Yeah. That the bill is actually saying you can just be a bigot at home. Yeah, yeah. what well, you do in the privacy of your own home is one just, thing. Yeah, but that's it. You can still do it on the street. You can't yeah. just, yeah. you know, take I mean, someone and like electrocute it. them every time. <laughs> no, that's gay it. thoughts. But yeah. I think legislation like this is a move towards changing people's way of mm. thinking, uh, more importantly. So mm. people are still going to be homophobic. It's, yeah. it's a oh, reality yeah. of the current world. Mm-hmm. But as governments actually make certain practices illegal, they're setting a kind of mm-hmm. standard to say, well, you can think that way, but mm. these things that align with that way of thinking are actually now illegal. Yeah, yeah. We mm-hmm. can't yeah. change the way people mm. think or no. make thoughts illegal or yeah, feelings yeah. illegal mm-hmm. but if we make all the actions around it. it and the disgusting it's things that people do out of hate yeah. thoughts. <laughs> yes yes yeah. mm-hmm. so it, it's a big win uh, a big congratulations to those that were there mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. some of the tweets I saw looked yeah. like it was quite a big celebration yeah. for the LGBT community That's that were there it. on the huge. day and it was one huge. of um, <laughs> huge huge <laughs> it was one of Dan Andrews promises when he came mm, into yes. power to yeah. ban this which Daddy I'm Daddy very Dan. thankful Daddy for Dan. following through good on you Dan yeah. love you lots <laughs> take good care of us all yeah. <laughs> Speaking of politics, one of the other mm. huge things that has happened that I'm surprised we haven't talked about is that Donald Trump isn't president. Thank oh, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, that's when quite did, oh big news. Yeah. I know, there's so much has that's actually it. happened since we yeah. stopped this podcast. Juicy. Like the day that that How was all happening, I was at news. home and yeah. I was just like on the TV, like, oh my God. I've never followed happen? something so much in my whole life. Yeah. Like yeah. I was just glued, like I would wake up and then yeah. like, pray before please. and then open my phone and look at the results. I'm like, please. And then it just went for like a week. That was so stressful. Were we on hiatus when he got COVID? Remember? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So much. I was like, the Simpsons, please predict right. Yeah. Yes. Wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, we. Were, it sounds, I don't wish anyone dead. No, no I wish no. him dead. But I don't think <laughs> he was a human. I wish he would fall down an up escalator and just fall oh. forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I mean, yeah, when he got it, this disease that he sort yeah. of had pretended didn't exist and then yeah. miraculously recovered from it so quickly, yeah, whether yeah. or not he actually had it, whether or not he actually did recover that quickly, mm-hmm. who knows, all yeah. of those sorts oh. of things. I mean, I think... I think that we, as a, as a global society, yes. have been through so much Shit. unexpected stuff that we thought yeah. could not possibly happen, including things mm. like Trump getting the presidency oh, in the yeah. first yeah. place. Oh I mean, no one thought that was going to happen. No. Scott Morrison winning oh uh, prime minister God. here. <laughs> COVID becoming as big as it was. Like, there's yeah. so much stuff that has happened. I mean, neo-Nazis just oh in general God. coming Ugh. back in Ugh. so many countries. So much stuff has happened that we got to that election, that Donald Trump election, we were like... I don't know. I know. Yeah, yeah, right. so, I was like, we need this win. We just need we, this yeah, win, and I, I can start f- believing in humanity yeah. again. Yeah, if yeah we but get I didn't feel win. confident. No, yeah, I wasn't confident at, not at all. So for that to happen, I was like, oh, maybe there is some goodness in the world. Like, yeah. sort of like Mary yeah. Poppins. Was yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was Joe totally Biden was some sort yeah, of Mary Poppins. Very that. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was amazing to watch, and just watching Trump's uh, team just 
crumble into you it was know, a sinking ship baby it was yeah. a sinking ship it was, ship. Sinking it was. and there was melting hair and there was the four seasons and it was just glorious <laughs> oh the melting oh like yes. yeah that's right oh that was the disgusting oh, that was so in funny. the four seasons car park yeah the, the landscaping my god so you know Biden got elected and there was people yeah. saying well is he just sort of like a watered down yeah you know he's still a rich old white dude mm-hmm. which you know he is yeah um, but a lot better. Uh, there, yeah, it's, there's still a difference, I think. And I don't. I wouldn't want to put him in the same basket as a lot of rich old white dude politicians. And I think one of the things um, that we can look at as a, sort of a hopeful sign for the future of his presidency is um, him overturning the trans military ban. Nice. Um, so for just a bit of background, uh, in the 1960s, I think it was 1960 actually, they introduced a trans military ban in the US. Mm. And of course, that was adopted by a lot of countries that do whatever the US does. Yeah. Um, and then Obama overturned it in 2016. Mm-hmm. And and then Trump came in and one of his promises was that, and he followed through with it, was that he would essentially reintroduce it. They didn't technically kick people out of the military that that were trans, yeah. but they f- had to identify and serve as their born gender. Mm-hmm. So essentially, if you're going to live your life, then yeah, you had to leave the military. So Biden on his first day promised that they would uh, they would overturn that within five days of being president, had overturned it, um, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and uh, he's encouraging anyone that fills the, the required needs to be yeah. someone who serves yeah. in the military to, to mm. roll, and, roll mm. and join yeah. up. Such a relief. It's so nice to just have, like, I mean, I'm not saying he's perfect or anything, but it's so nice to just have, like, it's a boring, pretty, if you can yeah. like, have Trump, a boring, like, non-person, <laughs> like, in government again, just, like, yeah, just, just rolling back some of this evil. Just, just do, do your, your job. job. Just be a politician, but, like, yeah. not, like, an insanely evil, crazy person. Yeah. yeah. I was actually surprised to hear there's actually 9,000 people who identify as trans in wow. the um, US um, armed services. So that was a lot of people that yeah. that was affecting yeah. um, since mm. since Trump introduced that ban. Um, a lot of people that were, I mean, not that it shouldn't matter whether there's one or 9,000, mm. but that's a lot of people who were going, well, I've trained and dedicated my life to this service, and now I'm looking at either serving as the gender that I don't identify with that I've. Yeah. I've spent a lot of my life, you know, stepping away from. God, that'd or, be traumatic. Yeah, wouldn't that'd it be, be so traumatic? traumatic. So that'd now, so there was the um, executive order that, that Biden issued, but it, it's now they're trying to um, write it into, I think it was the 1960-something act or, okay. or rather, yeah, so yeah. that it won't be able to be overruled um, if someone like Trump was to be yeah. to come back in and it'll be ingrained. God, yeah. no. The same that race <laughs> is ingrained into into the right. How many goats yeah, do I yeah. have to sacrifice for him to not come back? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh. Do you, have you ever felt the the urge to serve your country you know i it's not something i'm particularly aligned like felt a need for but i know yeah from watching a lot of episodes Mm -hmm. of intervention that some people that really crave a certain sort of structure in their life that the military provides that and uh provides a lot of really positive things to people um who may have had a lot of chaos in their life Mm -hmm especially earlier on in their developmental years. Yeah. And, of course, the patriotism of wanting to serve your country is, yeah. is, is a strong feeling for a lot of us. But have you I've, ever yeah. felt no. that? I've had I've... fleeting moments, I think, when I just... Really? Th- Honestly, yeah. like, and then during this lockdown time, because I haven't worked for a year until recently, I've just gotten mm-hmm. a job. But looking at so many job applications and seeing, like, a whole kind of career path kind of planned out for you, yeah. yes. it has been somewhat appealing to me. And then I was like, no. But, like, it's been, like, just moments. But I don't feel particularly patriotic about like going to war and stuff but it's mm. just I don't yeah. know it's, it's 
I yes, I my, going to an all boys Catholic school, which it's in your DNA. You did. <laughs> so no. did someone else did. I was raised you by did wolves. religious school, though, didn't you, Mikey? Uh, I went to a school that taught religion, oh, but it was, it was a public okay. school. So all boys. <laughs> let me tell you about all boys. <laughs> what they love doing on like what's it called, like occupation day or whatever. You know, yeah. they might have a dentist come in and talk about being a dentist, but they will have like every faction yeah. of the military there right. to try and recruit because oh. they because yeah. all boys Catholic schools are run very similarly to old school military yeah. institutions. So um, they would come quite often to school and talk about the benefits of joining the Navy or the mm-hmm. Air Force or whatever. And it's never, I don't think it was ever from a place of patriotism or something like that. They do yeah. talk, in those sessions, they do talk a lot about the good work that some armed forces units are sent out to do in in areas that need assistance and that sort of stuff. So I think that was probably attractive, but it was more about mm-hmm. they talk a lot about like the courses that they'll pay for you to do and that the sort future, of stuff. The future. Yeah, yeah, and also just like I'm from a big suburban Catholic family as well, so I have cousins yeah. and stuff that had served in the military and gotten qualifications from that and that sort of thing. Some of them it went well for, some of them it did not end up going well for. But the other one I've thought about in the past is the police force. Mm. Yeah. And I think it comes from, again, having family members, extended family members, members that are in the police force who are good people and seeing in the media and, and mm-hmm. news that there are really awful people in the police yeah. force and thinking, oh, maybe what it needs is more good people with more good diversity. intentions to, yeah. to join. Yeah, and so especially true. since the Victoria Police has started the LGBTI Absolutely. outreach programs yeah. to try and recruit more LGBTI mm-hmm. people. That has crossed my mind in the past as well. Yeah. Mm. But there's a whole lot of fitness, fitness stuff you have oh, to do. Yeah. <laughs> You're not prepared for it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. want to get muddy. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's interesting. I could yeah. fully see if you were a, a young LGBTQIA mm-hmm. plus youth who's maybe been kicked out of home, yeah. your life is in total disarray. It could really give a, you that structure. A, a yeah. total structure and a pathway for mm, your yeah. future and your career whilst you you know did something beneficial for people in need. Mm-hmm is a very attractive mm-hmm. sort of option. Yeah. It's not for me, but I mm-hmm. think being excluded from being able to take up that offer yeah. because of your sexuality or your gender yeah. is uh, extremely yeah outdated like so totally. many of these mm-hmm. uh, little wins we've had. It's, yeah. it's- My understanding is that in a lot of countries, including Australia and the US, is also that they do often offer a position for people who might have had to leave home early. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So, sure so will... that probably, you know, makes sense for a lot of LGBTI mm-hmm. people. This is not a paid Head over to sail um, the seven seas. Sissies in the navy. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, maybe that's why. Day. Maybe that's why that number is higher than I expected it yeah. to be. That nine thousand number is that you know yeah. they, they, you get food and and, and accommodation and totally. and um, learn skills and that sort of thing that you yeah. might not be able to afford to do if you weren't supported in, in, at home. Mm. Like my dad served in the navy for fifteen years. Oh, um, like we didn't speak to him the whole time that he was there, but like it's always left like a sour taste in my mouth like mm. serving in the army or the military yeah. or Sorry, navy there are or so whatever. many semen jokes <laughs> 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 yeah, floating around right now um not only like for personal reasons because dad left but when he came back mm. it was and what a whole talking, different story so like he left in it would have been like early 2000s mm. Um, and he was back like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. So he had served like overseas, like dealing with like war mm-hmm. criminals and pirates and yeah. stuff. And when he came back, like I remember who he was before and he's a completely different person now. Like yeah. he has quite severe PTSD. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just is a shell 
of a human. So that's only, yeah. that's only five years ago and that you left. Yeah. Because yeah, well, right. my understanding got, was that the onboarding and offboarding process was a lot better now than yeah, it had mm, been in the past. He, yeah, not. he got back, yeah, five years ago. He would have got back. And that's when we re-met again. And, like, for me, like, seeing the devastation that happened to him makes me never, ever yeah. want to go anywhere near that. And that's just for personal reasons yeah. at the end of the day. Like, because he's not a person anymore which really really sucks yeah but he has such fond memories of like his early days of it and he was just like yeah. it really gave me purpose yeah. which was really good to hear yeah. and i was just like that's cool like i'm glad that that gave you <laughs> what you needed yeah. yeah this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive in june olive in june gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Okay, well, something that didn't dry up during COVID. Oh, never. Was <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race continued to somehow churn out, I think, four different entries yes. during yes. a global pandemic. So sticking to that resilience. Yeah. The devil works hard, but RuPaul works harder. <laughs> works harder. Um, right now, at this point in time recording, we are... Currently watching season 13 yes. of US. US season. Tom's eyes are glazing over. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, he's oh, got into it. Excuse Tom's me. back into it. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> and we also had, have um, Drag Race UK. So oh, we're getting double yeah. seasons. We've got All Stars yes. coming up. Oh. Um, but the news that is very exciting, I think, for us locally mm-hmm. is the long, you know, whispered about, rumoured, and finally confirmed that it's been Drag Race so long time Down coming. Under yeah. <laughs> has completed filming. So uh, noticeably, compared to a lot of the rumours, it is not Drag Race Australia. No. Uh, it's down very vaguely under. Down yeah. Under. So we have a few little things to unpack and chat about. Yes. Mm. I, I'd like to start with Drag Race Down Under. Okay. Yes. Because right. yes. yeah. I right. think it's really exciting, so exciting. Um, for a lot of us who mm. are 
members of the Melbourne drag community mm. or very closely affiliated to it. And what's most exciting to me, even though the formula of the shows is very like, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is this feeling that something we've enjoyed and we've been a part of and that has really enriched our lives over the last however many years is finally Mm -hmm. going to get sort of this international platform. Like Mm. one of the largest Mm. LGBT television shows in the world is going to be showcasing people that we know and and people that we admire and Mm. respect. And it's also a little scary. Yeah. 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 And just a side note to that, I think, and I might be biased here, but I think Australia has one of the most original and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. amazing drag scenes and has a actually incredibly rich history yes. of drag going mm. right back to, um, you know, people putting on shows in fucking convict camps yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. Oh, yeah. it's a ve- we have a very unique drag culture yeah. that is partially influenced by a lot of the countries geographically around us, yeah. partially influenced by the old school pantomime dames of the United Kingdom and partially influenced mm. by the, um, the New York drag ball yeah. scene and that sort of stuff. So I think we have this amazing melting really pot eclectic, that's been going yeah. for quite a while here yeah. and I'm really excited for the rest of the world to see that more than just something like Priscilla Queen of the Desert mm-hmm. I get what you're saying when you say it's a bit scary, scary. I feel I feel anxiety that the rest yeah. of the world is going to kind of get, get our kind of sense of humour and stuff here in yeah. Australia and like it might not hit like the same oh, as see, it would I love that no. oh really I because I love I'm worried it's going to like be edited so strange and it's like nothing's going to hit no because no. I love the Americans watching yeah. the UK season yeah. going oh for once we're the ones that have to Google something you know yes, like I'm excited for the Rest yeah. of the world to go. Oh, yeah. what does what does look at movie mean? You know? <laughs> but I think oh the God. fear comes from like yeah. how what devastatingly harsh mm. the yes. fan base is. They really For sure. truly are. <laughs> Drag Race has, I think, one of the mo- like. I don't know if you're allowed to say this word anymore. But one of the most feral, yeah, yeah. Oh, sort disgusting. of online yeah. disgusting. Uh, fan bases I've ever encountered. And I've spent a lot of time on Reddit Mm. because that's who I am. Mm. And some of the stuff I've seen directed towards Queens from all of the seasons, UK, uh, Thailand... And America, mm. and Canada, Canada, and Holland, and Holland. God, yeah. there's so many. There's now. been some very like <laughs> wow. awful stuff, yeah. and I think some of the anxious feeling yeah. is like mm. we want to oh, protect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, absolutely. Drag Race is not always the best platform for giving a multi-layered kind of no. deep, all-encompassing mm. viewpoint of a queen. They're often sort of cast with a certain plot line in mind. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're a villain, yeah. mm-hmm. you're a comedy queen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that mm-hmm. don't always give the best justice mm-hmm. to an individual. Yeah. And it's usually up to us as viewers yeah. to really go and see that performer live mm-hmm. and follow them. And yeah. the I think the fear is some of the performers that we enjoy and know and support may not get the best edit. The best edit or yeah. view. Totally. And it's also yeah. that, you know, there might be queens that we've been going to see at the 86 yeah. on a Thursday night for the last 10 years yeah, who we know are incredible and we just love seeing yeah. them live. But the idea of them having to pack all their drag up into a suitcase, well, yeah. fly to New Zealand, yeah. sit in quarantine for two weeks and then put that on a stage at a studio yeah. in New Zealand in front and of people they don't know glass. that they yeah. might not be able to, well, to they might present the same way that exactly they do right. here. That yeah. scares the shit out of us. And we just yeah. want the best for all our I friends know. and yeah. queens. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I think it'll be amazing, I hope so, because... 
because I think that the UK one's doing so well. In my opinion, so well. I'm so much more into it because it feels like really fresh, like fun mm. talent and a different view. But also, and I think like Australia is so much more aligned with yeah, the UK than what we're with the US. Yeah. Like, and, and I think it'll translate really well. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the UK ones they seem like more of a sisterhood. Like they seem yes, like to really uplift uh, each other and be really nice to each other. Whereas I find in the American ones they mm-hmm. seem very like egotistical and like very about like it's all about me. Blah, blah, you know why yeah. I think yeah. that is though. Yeah. I think in the US they're fighting for money. That's true. Absolutely. That's so true. Money. Yeah. And like, from what in, I understand, it's twenty grand for the. Uh, the look, I might. I don't know that 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 fact for certain, yeah. and I'm sure possibly by the time this podcast airs, if they announce what the prize will be yeah. when they announce the queens. So, sorry, just to be really clear to people yeah. that are listening, we're recording this on Saturday, the sixth of March, in Melbourne, which is um, in Sydney, two sixteen p.m. in Sydney. Where that is Mardi Gras parade <laughs> yes. night, and very excitingly, um, the announcing. queens are going to be announced at Mardi Gras parade. Mm-hmm. So, some of the stuff that we're theorizing, um, you will know whether or not we are correct <laughs> yes. about. Let us know how. We did. <laughs> yeah. So whether or not they released the prize tonight, I don't know. I had heard it's yeah. twenty thousand dollars, but mm. again, the the UK version was not a huge prize. No, and in a it's... way, I kind of liked it. That meant that that meant they were using costumes made out of cardboard That's and hot glue guns. Yeah, because yeah. the BBC is running it. They yeah. don't have a budget. It's yeah. just like it's you just great. make it work. And like... it's being run by Stan, which is Australia's sort of yeah. little They're, Netflixy yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and mm. I, I feel like the US one's a little bit scraping the barrel with yeah. Queens now because it's like oh. at that, yeah. <laughs> and then it with the UK, it's like. Like the fresh talent yeah. that they've had around for so we're seeing the best yeah. and that's what we need to remember when we look at the cut so everyone's expecting the cream of Australian crop to yeah. be in yeah. the lineup but I think Rue has learned mm-hmm. you don't put mm-hmm. the entire number one you go spread it out from every state like Vegemite yeah. yes because Australia. you run out yes <laughs> So we're going to see a big range of queens and there might be yeah. some people missing from it that you think should be in it and that's probably because they're thinking of saving them for they're, the yeah. second season or whatever. Mm-hmm, sure. Very exciting, I think, mm-hmm. um, that Reese Nicholson's mm-hmm. been announced oh my as God. Uh, the guest judge. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. Why not? Um, Reese Nicholson has faced some pretty awful stuff from the wider community mm. because he speaks with Lisp, he is camp, mm-hmm. he is foppy, he looks like a 1940s um, poet. <laughs> um, he is an incredibly brave and funny person. Mm. And he knows the community. Like, he, yeah. he will be at... You'll go and see him at drag shows. Right. Mm. But no, I think it's it's I absolutely incredible that someone is camp I've and fabulous is really good. Like, yeah. we've seen him perform and I've heard him on other um, comedy, like, podcasts mm. in Australia. Mm. And he's been very, like, high quality and very funny. He's also um, um, talking about the toxic culture of drag race when they announced that Reese was going to be the host. Yeah. A lot of um, older white gay men apparently don't have access to Google because um, they <laughs> felt the need to comment who underneath yeah. uh, the oh, post. <laughs> okay, okay, if you don't know him, then just fucking type his yeah. name in and you'll see his comedy galas or phone. his Netflix sort special out. or something yeah. like that oh, pop God. up. Um, yeah. So <laughs> let's like, I think it'll be okay. exciting that this is coming out after the lineup <laughs> well, will be announced. We, so okay. first of all, very exciting. I've been hired by one of the queens to write some yeah. material what? for yes. them. So I'm not going to say that queen's name yeah. as one of my suggestions. Uh-huh. But there's other people that we've heard rumours about and stuff that I yeah. might mention. One Who the, do you guys think is going to be in there? One of the biggest rumours I've heard it out in the community would definitely be Miss Karen from Finance. Karen from Finance. I feel like that's a of sure. I feel like, <laughs> like that's she's for a sure. shoe in like, yeah. Absolutely. Like you can't have a first season without her. And she's her. had such like, like um, big... When the Rue girls like, yeah, um, and she's done travel around Australia and do their yeah. shows. She's always been. She a big hosts part them of all. That. Yeah, she hosts them all. She has to. It would be criminal. Yeah, I think that we knew that she was going to be on the lineup before they announced yeah. that there yeah. was an Australian Absolutely. version coming. I think, I think yeah. everyone was like, I think we might have had words when we interviewed her. Like, yeah, like. 
how long ago did we have her on the show? There's been, yeah, I mean, there's been rumors happening about yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, who else? Um, Miss oh, Art Simone. Yeah, Art Simone. Yeah, surely. Definitely. Surely. Don't call me yeah, Shirley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> you missed this, Luke. Uh, Coco Jumbo from Coco Sydney Jumbo, is yeah. a very strong contender. And um, I, I may have seen her performing the other day, and she may have alluded to it on stage uh, while I was in Sydney oh, <laughs> last week. Yeah. Without saying it, she may yeah. have made some very strong allusions. Like, I'm going on a show called Schmoopol's Schmag Schmash. <laughs> yep. um, you might want to keep an eye out yeah. for her uh, and Maxi Shield she yeah. was performing with in Sydney and, and mm. both of them made some jokes about how they may or may not perform in the singing challenge oh, oh no so that's, that's, that's oh, a lot interesting did, did you guys see the tea from Willem <gasps> no. on their podcast no. Race Chaser what were they saying Willem apparently the has heard from the editing or the mm-hmm. production team at World of Wonder that Snatch Game Down Under is one of the most catastrophic. I've heard <gasps> this. Yeah, no. I, I've heard this, yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, no, that's so sad. But then also at the same time, I feel every time Snatch Game comes around, I'm expecting it's to be the best thing miss. ever. And it's always the cringiest thing ever. There'll it's be like such a one person who's funny and the rest is so yeah. good. For me, yeah. the worst, the better. Like, oh, that's yeah, like yeah. reality train More of a train Like, winner, winner. I'm just oh, excited to know who they're impersonating. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, that's so disappointing because there's so many good also, Australian characters yeah. that I'm so play. upset that Tace would rob us of Kath and Kim. Like, I was but like, how do you stick to... Do a UK person. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, she did a quite no, well. No, she did do it very She did a good job. I think for the UK community and, like, the world community... UK community. No, I think just for everybody outside of Australia, that would have been a good yeah. impression. But for yeah. us here, I was like, come on, girl. There was yeah. not yeah. a yeah. single look at me. Like, look at Moy. What are yeah. you doing? Look at Moy. The thing I'm so excited for is hopefully, like, all the guest judges for yeah. Australia. Like, we've got so many cool I don't think we're not, having no. so, so look, like there Again, be... I don't, I'm not... I don't, yeah. I don't think so. It'll be a what I've heard. Unless they're on an iPad. They can't. They had to. Do what they did with, like, you know, at least do what they did with, like, Anne Hathaway on the American one. Yeah. Like, they possibly them will. zoom them. What what I've heard is that they'll have a few Kiwi guest judges, yeah. yeah. But they they're not doing like zoom ins from yeah. from Australia. I really hope that someone does an impersonation of Gina Liano. I was just going to say that is like what iconic. I want. That's what I want. I think everyone's too scared to do it in case Carmen Al ever goes on. Oh. <laughs> But um, okay, I'm yeah. hoping for a Jacinda Ardern. Oh, I think that would be yes. such Jacinda a good Jacinda would be, and she would love And if it. someone oh. did Jacinda and someone did yeah. um, uh, uh, Australian Prime Minister, fuck. ScoMo. What, ScoMo? Julia. No, no uh, Julia, Julia Gillard. Julia. I, Julia. I want to see Julia oh, Gillard the, and Jacinda like, Ardern. Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> I'd like to see Lily Chen. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Chin. A very good I guest could, Oh, my God. So there's apparently a very convincing visually and and physically Bindi Irwin but that the execution oh. is not mm. fun not to see T about a season yeah. so close home have you guys seen also like my way of sort of confirming a few of these queens mm-hmm. have been who has had like very public apologies for like questionable behavior <laughs> behavior in the past few weeks oh interesting i've not a seen couple any of, that. of those there's oh. been a few of those that just general apologies for... well very specific oh, like oh. this is the other scary thing yeah, about yeah. being on a global platform is everything's put under a magnet they're gonna hunt for stuff dig like, things up on yeah. you that are maybe not your proudest moments mm. and that you've grown from as a person yeah. and um they may be a part of your history but yeah. No, you, I think you're probably alluding to Karen from Finances. Yeah, uh, thing. I, I just that, that and, and like, Scarlet. Oh, I didn't see Scarlet. What's Karen's uh, whole scandal 
I don't even want to call it a scandal. No, Karen's no. learning process was actually several years ago, and she yeah. has it publicly and on social media. Mm. Apologize for it, and and as you'll see, whenever someone tweets about it or comments about it, she will she will talk about how she is committed to continuing mm-hmm. to apologize for it because she realizes that that's something um, that you have to continue doing, not just once off. Yeah. Um, but it's just that as more people discovered that it happened in the past yeah. they haven't heard that apology yet so so uh, the recent yeah, post yeah. public post that she did isn't the first time she's done that publicly okay. but it, not to say that it, it's it's justifiable or anything like that but as she herself said you know that was a learning process that she went through a yeah. few years ago totally. and and I think it's refreshing and it's similar to we've talked about Magda Zabanski mm. uh, doing blackface in the old um, sketch comedy yes. shows in the 90s mm. she's of this of a similar mind where because some people are only discovering now that that's something mm. she'd done in the past, she is happy to continue to apologize for it, and I think that's a really that's exciting. the right attitude. That's to the have. right attitude. Yeah. To have. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's also up to people of color to accept mm-hmm. the apology. Absolutely, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Not you know, like a few. So there's at least, to my knowledge, been two very recent ones mm. of public apologies, and I know they're for historical things mm-hmm. that have been addressed in the mm-hmm. past, but they're getting sort of signal boosted Mm. on a much larger scale because they are part of the rumor mill for this new production. Mm. And I think an important thing to keep in mind is that when people in the public eye do make these public statements, especially when they're in relation to racially insensitive Mm. things, that the apologies and the statements are for people of color to accept Mm. and and decide whether they forgiven Mm. and... And and not uh, a kind of perfunctory piece of piece of meat kind yes, of exchange. Yeah. And Karen's yeah. definitely did feel like that, and it definitely did seem like, hey, this is not the first time that yeah. tattoo has come up. Scarlet, I don't know. I've just seen the photos from a performance that were quite right. questionable, and she said I've also acknowledged and and apologized for this previously. But it's true where you say, like, if, if it's a learning journey, but if, if you have made those mistakes, that there is a level where it's going to follow you around, yeah, I yeah. think. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's I'm not saying that I, I'm accepting her apology because the apology is not to me. I'm saying it's refreshing to see people um, coming. We so often see people that have done something wrong in the past saying, oh, well, I've apologised for that, so I don't yeah, need to talk about it sure. again. Oh, I yeah. like seeing that someone's keeping that conversation open. Yeah. And also... As someone that grew up in a similar socioeconomic area to Karen in a similar age, and and we're both, you know, basically we're both white dudes in our mid-30s that grew up in in suburb, like, you know, Bogan suburbia. (laughs) We grew up with gollywog dolls yeah. on the shelves at mm. the chemist it was it, yeah. you were as likely to find a gollywog doll in a toy bin as you would a mm-hmm. barbie doll that doesn't justify the fact um that someone might have put that out there and made other people feel uncomfortable but it is uh, an inevitable thing that it was part of australian culture i get disappointed when i see people from my similar backgrounds mm. justifying that continuously and i'm i guess what i'm saying is i'm excited to see someone else that like me grew up thinking that that was okay having that conversation and saying and not just going with that blind. Well, it's yeah. not my fault because I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. saying, you know, this. Here's why I thought that it was okay, but I now realise that it absolutely wasn't. Yeah. Mm. You know what I like when people make apologies about mm. previous uh, mm. misunderstandings mm. about racial insensitivity is often, especially if you're making a public statement, these phrases you hear a lot is. I'm not that person anymore. Mm, yeah. You know, I I learned and I'm not that person anymore. And I actually think 
even though that sounds like a really correct thing to say, it yeah. sits so wrong with me okay. because I don't think it necessarily... I think cognitively what it kind of does is says that bad thing, that other person did it uh-huh. and they're over there oh, and like I'm this person the now. Yeah, yeah. And I think what I respect a lot more is when people say, I did that. I was that person. I'm still that person. I just know more now. Yeah, yeah. And I understand everything and I grew from there to here. Mm-hmm. And not this kind of distancing of like, yeah. you see it quite often, mm-hmm. right? Where people say, oh, I was, I was a kid. Yeah. I'm not that person I'm not anymore. responsible for yeah, that yeah, And yeah. so, therefore, I'm somehow not responsible mm. for the actions of yeah. this. But mm-hmm. but really, we've all made mistakes. Yeah. And we're all learning. Yeah. And it's more actually and more. more exciting, I think, to say I am still that person, but I've learned yeah, why, exactly. I, yeah. why I don't have those feelings person. anymore. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm still that person. I just know mm. better now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I won't make mistakes like that exactly. in the future. And I'll be a dedicated better to teaching ally. other people yeah. not to make that mistake as well. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail it into no, a racial yeah. thing. No, it's an important great. But it's also one of the anxieties about yeah. queens we know and getting yeah. lifted up to a next level where yeah. people will start mm-hmm. trolling. And, and mm-hmm. I think, yeah. But an important thing is like, even if you're not a huge fan of Drag Race or RuPaul, yeah. mm-hmm. I think these individual franchises, if we can support them, yeah. it means we can have a season two and a season three and a season yeah. four. Yeah. And we can start lifting up more and more of our mm-hmm. community and our mm-hmm. performers. There are those, I'm not like other gays, yeah. gays that are yeah. like, yeah. I don't yeah. watch Drag Race, it's oh, not for me, yeah. whatever. Rolls my eyes. I kind of hate yeah. it. But <laughs> even if there were elements yeah. of this particular subset of the franchise i didn't enjoy or that i, I w- wasn't like fully a huge fan of i'm still going to support this yeah, version exactly. of the franchise because yeah. i think that's why i've come back a bit on board that and they got me casting got me con- yeah. because yeah. a lot of the issues that i had with the show and why i stopped watching it a long time ago was a that i felt like they were really scraping the not scraping the bottom of the barrel but not giving the queens the time yeah. to yeah. shine on the mm-hmm. show they were just churning it out so quickly and it just felt like it was a carbon copy every season but then also i just could not look past rue's apparent opinions on trans people being involved yeah. in the drag world yeah. but the casting got Mick I think was really exciting and I think that uh, you will have noticed that uh, Michelle has been talking a lot more mm. about trans people being included in the drag scene much more and I sort of feel like that might be whether or not it's the right way to go about it Rue's way of dropping seeds uh-huh. that we're going to be seeing more and more of this being included in the, yeah. in the upcoming seasons which I hope is, is yeah. the case. I yeah. hope got Mick wins <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, if me. you don't support this it's just going to die out as yeah. a platform yes. for yeah. our queens um whereas if we support it and push it and keep pushing the boundaries and pushing up against what we want to see on it mm-hmm. what is out there in the community it'll become a bigger and bigger platform for mm. the type of drag it's we exciting. want to see on yeah. it it's exciting it's that like exciting. us as queer people can have such a huge platform are, are you guys feeling a l- little bit like it was a missed opportunity that production didn't happen oh, here in sydney yeah, yeah. as originally I mean, I mean from what i understand it wasn't going to be happening for a long time it's actually covid yeah. that made it happen at the time it's happening yeah. yes because they were like well that's in new zealand australia yeah. and new zealand are the only two countries that we can really feel yeah. at the moment and it was looking happening that's in it. sydney but ended up going to New Zealand because yeah. they were a lot more proactive about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. shame it's not happening in New Zealand. Oh, sorry, it's not happening in Australia. 
I'm kind of excited that it is happening yeah. in New Zealand, though. I don't yeah, know I if we would have had bring inclusion those from Queens yeah. further forward, and I don't know if we would have had inclusion from New Zealand. No, if, if, if it wasn't based filmed, here yeah. purely, I think it would have been still a down under, but it yeah. would have been majority Australian. It would only have been Australian. Yeah. 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 Also, I hope that because isn't RuPaul married to an Australian? Yeah. Yes. I hope yeah. that that actually helps him, like, really represent yeah. Australia and like get Ru's pop culture well, knowledge like, of yes. Australian. I hope that actually amazing. I'm hoping that that really well because Ru spent a lot of time here yeah, because yeah. his husband is Australian like they own property up in Queensland and yeah, stuff and like, anywhere you see fracking that's where Rue's been <laughs> <laughs> there's gold in them hills <laughs> anywhere yeah. the light touches uh, do, do you think they'll stick with that model for season two and three uh, I think uh, it depends if COVID's maybe. still around yeah. Yeah. Like, if nothing COVID's, is certain these days no. if there's, COVID's yeah. going to be so much easier to film in Sydney because you can then p- pull in yeah. um, Courtney Act or you know yeah. so many I mean, like, so, Magnus or whoever you want yeah. to pull in from the queer it's uh, Australian thing easier than flying them to us. It's New cool Zealand. that Australia and New Zealand have become mm. such huge places for like filming, and I feel like we're becoming this like super Marvel's movie. Mar- yeah, Mar- for five yeah. years. Marvel, yeah, Marvel Studios is moving to Sydney for five years to film all their future Marvel movies. Thank God Sydney built like, that studio about 40 <laughs> years ago that never got used for anything aside from Bay yeah, Pig in the City. It's kind of cool to know that we're like the hotspot everyone yeah. wants to be here because we're because we're playing Chromatica yeah. in the clubs. Because we're playing Chromatica <laughs> in the clubs. <laughs> Now I hate to put talk about two television things in the same episode, but since we've all, <laughs> since we've all been locked in our house for twelve months watching television, um, there's definitely something that I want to talk about, and it's uh, the uh, TV show. It's a sin, mm. which I believe we've all watched. Yes, yeah. it's on stand. I literally finished the last episode this morning. Oh, how are you even standing? I, I do oh my, my eyes look puffy? Yeah. <laughs> like because wow. <laughs> Just yeah. in case you've been living under a rock, it's a sin is a British TV show uh, set in the eighties. Loosely based on on uh, real stories about you know a young group of friends living through the mm. AIDS epidemic in yeah. in, uh, in London as it unfolded. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it's pretty honest. It's pretty mm-hmm. um, raw. And from from and none of us can speak from experience, but from the people that we've talked to, even on this podcast, um, and I'm thinking of Miss Candy and and Deborah McDougall and, and people like that that we've had on um, some of our elders. I th- it sounds like it's pretty true to how it unfolded. Mm-hmm. We think of it now. I was like, oh my gosh, it must have just one day been a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the way that it unfolds in the TV show as something that people didn't really know whether it was happening. And then when they yeah. did know, they were like, well, it's not going to affect us. Yeah. Yeah. They sort of spoke about it. It's interesting because we hear about it from an Australian perspective where it was very much an overseas thing until it was mm-hmm. here. In the UK, it was very much an American thing yeah. until, it, until it was in the UK. And, and then London became one of the epicenters. And, and I guess as it was written by someone that sort of lived through it as well, mm. it's been very well received as the yeah. way that it was written and, mm-hmm. and performed and acted. Yeah. Um, what are our thoughts? Wow. Like I knew it was bad, but actually watching it all unfold and like a lot of the misinformation that a lot of people were getting, especially like going through the pandemic that we're going through at the moment. I feel like there's so many parallels the, with it. Like, yeah, yeah like so many so parallels. Eerie. But I really didn't understand the gravity of how devastating it mm. was. It was hard yeah. to watch. It was really hard to watch, but also beautiful, beautiful as well because we also saw those stories of um, camaraderie and, yeah. um, you know, the Jill character coming through and oh, sort yeah. of being there for everyone. These yeah. are stories that you do hear. Every now and then you'll find a little gem on a, on a, in a mm-hmm. you know, a Facebook group of, you know, Lost Gay Melbourne or Lost Gay Sydney or something like that where you see people that live through that telling these stories yeah. of, mm-hmm. of of women or, or just 
people in general being there for other mm. people and you know social groups you know chosen family sticking together yeah. mm. um chosen family is is a term that we use a lot now but it definitely was probably um a thing more than mm. then than it is now yeah. um because people were so easily cast out of their families whether or not they yeah. were hiv positive but but often because at the time, HIV was such a stigma mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that families would cast you out because you had been diagnosed with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was purposely trying to not watch it mm-hmm. <laughs> because so many people were saying, this show is really great, but it's like so emotional. I'm like, you know what? I choose to be happy. I don't want to watch this because <laughs> yeah. everyone's saying like how emotional they got. And then when I found out we were going to be chatting about it today... I crammed we made it in the last, you do it. You, yeah, I, I had so I crammed it in the last three days, and yeah. I'm so fucking happy I did mm, because it yeah. was so eye opening. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you hear about AIDS and the crisis in the '80s, and we've spoken about certain aspects of it on this podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. But to see it portrayed in that way, it was just felt very real. And I did get very emotional, even mm. though I thought I knew everything which was coming. Mm. One of the hu- like the biggest parts of the show they really loved mm. was that sense of community that they had mm. for their family that they had chosen and mm. found and in their like home. And like they were just all there for each the other. Pink palace. It was yeah. so beautiful. La. Yeah, la. la. I know, I was going to say we should start the, the topic by all going, la. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to... I'm gonna, be a bit different from usual. <laughs> Say I didn't hate this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? I know. It's a bit weird, but uh, I think I know why you didn't hate it, though. Oh, uh, I don't like initally. I Stan was trying to yeah raw dog me with this scene. <laughs> Just shove it the in. moment Stan clocked me before yeah. I even signed up. That yeah, like you're yeah. a sissy. Here's all this yeah. gay stuff, and so I was seeing all my suggested, and and I was playing my usual stick of being yeah. like, I am really sick and tired of mm-hmm. gay tragedy stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We have watched quite a few stories in particular that don't end well for yeah. Yeah. a gay cast. And, and we have had stories about the epidemic as well, but they're mainly in America. So I did put it off, mm. but... COVID does funny things to you and it does. you end up it watching really, stuff. You raise a really good point though. So often these stories that we get told, the, the queer cinema or queer television is so depressing and it's so mm. flat or it's the opposite and it pretends that we don't have the problems that yeah. we have yes. at all. Like it's glee and it's like, oh, everything's <laughs> fine and, and we don't yeah. need to worry about the stuff that we actually have to worry about. What I loved about this show it was really honest in that mm. these people were having a great time. Yeah, they yeah. Were. That's part of the tragedy is that, that, you know, our rights were being advanced. People were talking about a lot of the problems yeah. that hadn't been talked mm. about before. It was a really great mm. time to be a queer person mm. and then this happened yeah. but they still managed to find moments of happiness and and mm. a community even though that was happening yeah. um, which I think is one of the, the truest tellings that yeah. I've ever seen in pop culture of of that period of time yeah, yeah. I agree I felt like you could really get that sense that everyone fully thought they were invincible mm. yeah. fully. and just so <laughs> arrogant and so cocky and just sleeping with everyone just having the best times yeah. as they should Without, be like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. absolutely and what yeah. a fucking yeah. time to be alive yeah. and and then yeah, and then it kind of like you just hear people talking about it in the background, and it starts creeping in. Yeah, people talking about it like yeah. this weird unknown cancer. It felt like a horror it's, 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 but it's so yeah. creepy and weird because it's literally kind of what we've been going through now with COVID, like when it first started, and yeah. you heard, and everyone was playing yeah. it off. Everyone was like, "Oh, thing. it'll never come." Yeah, yeah it's and fine. it's it's just kind of like. Yeah. But even within yeah. the community, that scene where the guys at the bar trying to hand out flies to oh, educate like people about what like, HIV yeah. is, and they're like, "Fuck off, we're trying to have fun." Yeah. Like that's an American mm-hmm. thing. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Um, and then obviously that guy became part of their 
circle yeah. and, and his partner ended up dying. Mm. Um, it's spoilers. It's, well, I, well, obviously we're talking about this. Deal with it. If you haven't yeah, watched we're it talking now. about it. Yeah. Um, one of the the side products. I don't know if it was the intention mm. of the writers and producers when they created it, but I find the way that heterosexual people grow up, society changes slightly every yeah. thirty to fifty years. Mm-hmm. The way that we grow up, society changes every fucking five years. Like yeah. Yeah. The, the, the the as a someone in their mid thirties compared to someone in the, that's thirty, compared to someone that's twenty five, compared to someone that's twenty, we have grown up in different worlds yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I lived the, the life that these people lived. I was a child when this was happening, but I do still have memories of the Grim Reaper ads and yeah. and that sort of stuff, and that gay sex equals death kind of thing. My memories compared to someone that's 18 years old now coming out and joining the scene is completely different. Or my knowledge, at least, or my fears of, of, of HIV and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. are completely different to someone growing up now. And it has always made me, or well, the last several years, it's made me scared and sad mm-hmm. that there is a huge disconnect between our queer especially gay male elders and the youth coming through and they sort of see that as being ancient history. They see the AIDS epidemic as being ancient history. One of the amazing things I think that this show does is it uses music that we know, like songs in there that we're like, oh, this is a banger. Like you'll hear this out at a club. I think a lot of young people listening to this and judging by the social media posts and chatting to to Twinkie friends, they hear those songs and they go, fuck, that's not ancient history. That's not black and white Mm. Titanic days. That's recent. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so funny. But it does, it puts it into context. It makes you go, shit, Mm. they're wearing the clothes that are are sort of cool Mm. now. Like, there's, it it makes it a lot more real and tangible and touchable um, for for younger queer people. And I think that's a really great Mm. side effect that's happened. Well, that's a real, realization i had mm-hmm. when i decided oh i am going to watch this one and not go in with a mindset of hating it because yeah. i've seen this story before and i'm sick of gay tragedies and queer tragedies in media yeah. because what i realized from the response from this tv show is i think i've often had an idealistic view of our culture mm-hmm. in that you come out and you sort of absorb the pantheon of existing mm-hmm. stories that yeah. are out there you go see angels in america and you go watch Paris is burning and and you just absorb it all. But that just simply isn't the case. You know, oftentimes I think what I've realized from this is in some level, we do need to keep retelling the same stories because it makes it more accessible and attractive Mm -hmm. to younger viewers Mm -hmm. and people that necessarily won't seek out a picture from the Mm eighties, for example, because they're not interested in watching something that isn't streamable, you know, and a show like this is accessible and and is appealing mm. to a younger mm-hmm. generation in a way that perhaps Angels in America isn't or like mm. that some of those stories we saw when yeah. we were coming out mm. are. And that was like an interesting thing to view it through the lens of is like yeah. we've interviewed people that lived through this yeah. epidemic and we, we know some of these stories but there's a whole set of eyes watching this because it's on stand yeah. and on their feed that wouldn't have access to mm-hmm. that or particularly been interested to yeah. go down that path. Um, yeah. is and it's told in like such a young, beautiful way that yeah. people can relate to. I mean, it hasn't it even sparked like way more people getting like HIV tested now mm, since yes. the show. Yeah. And that's another stat. really, really um, yeah, thing exactly. that I'm impressed with. I mean, we, and we'll talk about the fact that a lot of the cast, any queer people in the show that were cast were 
actually queer in real life yeah. as yes. well. Yes, yeah, that's amazing. Um, as well. But but they've all joined campaigns, and and uh, when you see them uh, being interviewed, they aren't just talking about themselves or the show. No. They're also saying, mm. so you know, don't forget that this is over. That they're all putting their voice yeah. towards let's end new transmissions of HIV. Let's yeah. um, all go out and get tested and know our status and that mm. sort of stuff. It's really, mm. uh, yeah. That I think the cast. Uh, educated on the topic yeah. as well, which is a really beautiful thing yeah. to and see. And I think the cast is the one of the biggest reasons why oh. this show is so successful is because it is through a gay and queer lens. Mm-hmm. Like, they're actual people in our community mm. that are expressing these stories. And, like, you can tell that, like, yeah. they feel it. Mm. Like, yeah. they're actually feeling what they're acting out. Yeah, and, like, absolutely. It, oh, and, they're all, and they're all different kind of parts of the gay community as well. Yeah. And, like, I felt like everyone could kind of relate to a character. Mm. And, like, I... The part that devastated me was like, I'm the Colin of like the yeah. gays revolting. Like I was like, the, like the little Scottish guy, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Welsh. yeah. And he was yeah. so, oh, oh my god, he, he's he was so beautiful and sweet. And that would totally took me by surprise because I fully expected yeah. the main guy, um, Richie, to die yeah. going in. Yeah. But Colin, like when he's having seizures, but, and yeah. to see like AIDS affect someone in such a way to see them lose their mind, Young I didn't people. know yeah. that was yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. Like yeah. that was so surprising and it was yeah. traumatic. And, and his thing, mother, like, I mean, knows that part when he said his mom. I'm with not their kids dirty? during that time when they my didn't. God, that oh was, my god! Oh. It didn't matter if you slept with a thousand men or one man. Yeah, like, it and was, it literally was it one happen. He was so good and played his life so safe, and, and yeah. it just. But even it, that's you. even problematic. Yeah. Saying like he was so good and played his life so yeah, safe. Sorry, people yeah. just did. No, no, <laughs> yeah. don't be sorry. Like. Yeah. That's the way we're, we're taught to think about it now, but it's not. That just wasn't a thing then. That, that yeah. you know, yeah. gay men, whatever you could catch, you could have a pill or an injection or whatever. There was no, mm. there's no guilt to, ca- mm. to to contracting HIV then as there is now, and so for some of those people whose parents were okay with it, I mean, that was fucking brave of them. Yeah. Now we expect it, and we should expect Absolutely. it. They should stick with their kids. But at the time when they didn't know what it was or how it was being yeah. caught or anything like that, like people like Colin's mum. Oh, what a f- angel! And Beautiful song. Yeah, the the way that they got treated by the hospital workers and mm. healthcare workers, and like that questionnaire, that part when he's like, "Have you had sex with animals or something?" Yeah, that oh was so. And when they locked, up. when he had to, he yeah. was locked up in the fucking and they just hospital. Even, oh, have, to have no rights, horrendous. and it was very hard to yeah. watch. Yeah, well, I think one of the scenes that really, really like hit hard. I think it was in the final episode when Richie mm. finally passes away yeah. and Jill and his mum had oh. that interaction mm. at the end yeah. where his mum was just like, it's all your fault. Like, yada, yeah. yada. And she was like, well, no, actually. No, it's your like, fault. it's your fault. Yeah. Like, you're the reason yeah, why that he was, was such so ashamed scene. of himself. Yes. And you're the reason why he went and like slept with a million people to fuck away the shame. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what he was trying to do and all those deaths are on and you. And that feeling like, that you deserve... Mm. It because you are yeah. gay. Yes, came from that shame that people yeah. were, were taught to feel. Yeah. I feel like we've yeah. all definitely felt that, like we are deserving. And that's something that it, when we did our interview with Deb, she talked about her best friend not getting. He never actually got tested because he just yeah. was like, "I don't, I don't need to be told. I know, yeah. I know that I'm wrong." And I think that's sort of a similar feeling to what mm. Richie had. He never st- stuck around to get those results. No, yeah. It was sort of like, "I know I must have it because I deserve it," and and yeah. and that's just how it works. Yeah. yeah. Casting, mm. I think it was really incredible that they went for for queer people. I think it was yeah. really amazing that they did um, find a HIV positive actor, yes. um, Nathaniel Hall, uh, to play who? Richie's boyfriend. Oh right, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, who who is a wonderful HIV mm. uh, activist as well, as, yeah. and also an incredible performer. Yeah. Has yeah. a book out that's really well reviewed. I have, oh. I've ordered it, but I haven't read it. Yet. Yeah, and also Jill's. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Jill's <gasps> yes. mum in the show is is the real Jill the that real the story Jill. is based on. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah. you know, mum and dad go protesting with. 
wanted it. Yeah. Oh, you wanted it. Yeah. That's so amazing. I think that's really beautiful as well. Yeah, because yeah. she's one of Russell T. Davis's friends yeah. from back in the day. Yeah, and she was just like, yeah. yeah. I want to know amazing. what that musical was that she was in. It almost <laughs> felt like it was like, <laughs> of, course, of course, the part you were focused on. You're like, I really need to see. Like, no, this I'm is some watching it. I like, it's seen. almost Les Mis, yeah. which would yeah. be yeah. time appropriate. I think Les Mis came out in 85 or 86. <laughs> well, no, they. But I'm surprised. If it was Fucking a Miz, well. I'm sure they could have gotten the rights to it. So yeah. it must have been something yeah. similar that came out at the same time because there was yeah, a lot like of those knock-off. operetta musicals yeah. that came out at the time. I need to find that out. Yeah. If anyone knows, please contact us <laughs> at Gaze Revolting. <laughs> oh my god. Um, look, yeah. fuck. I mean, what can you say about it? It's a masterpiece. Um, mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's it's written honestly. It's cast honestly. Yeah. It's acted honestly. Then- Every time they have an opportunity to sell themselves, they're honestly yeah. using that to promote the cause of what yeah. the show is mm-hmm. about. I, it's it's something that's really true and yeah. beautiful. I and think. the cast, is, like the main cast, is so racially diverse, mm-hmm. which I really, really appreciated because mm-hmm. when I first saw it, I was just like, please don't just be all white people. Yes. Yes. It didn't just affect white people. It no. affected mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. And, and it they was, did it, it was really nice to see well. The cultural backgrounds, like with um, the Nigerian family. Yeah. Yes. And well, I feel like they didn't go enough. That was my oh, main oh, really? disappointment. Yeah. Okay. Is I felt as the season went on, yeah. and it's a short season. Was um, the thing because they were supposed to be eight episodes. To be eight, but they got cut oh. down to five because the BBC didn't like a bunch of the content that was being presented, so right. they had to cut it down, which is very disappointing. Mm. I think initially their representation was really strong in yeah. that first episode and gave a lot of screen time to the two POC actors. Mm. But what I felt is the five episodes ran on, I, I kind of felt mm. like the POC characters got pushed sort of yeah. into these subplots mm. okay. as Richie's. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort oh, like of the journey thing. Yeah, became yeah. the focus the of the focus, show, yeah. and towards the end of the season, I kept sort of looking out mm. for the POC characters. Mm, yeah. I know one of them got a subplot with Stephen Fry for some reason, Margaret Thatcher, yeah. and and the other one didn't uh, outside of that. Margaret of, Thatcher scene was fucking oh, amazing. That when was he, hilarious when he pissed in the jug. That oh, was amazing. <laughs> But I, I craved a bit more of the yeah. screen time, the other characters and the, the yeah. care they were getting mm-hmm. and showing how it impacted their lives. Like if you asked me yeah. how it impacted the boyfriend's life, the, mm. the, I wouldn't be you able to tell probably got the least kind you. of story, um, the guy with the long hair. He got like... Nathaniel. Yes. Yeah. No, Nathaniel, um, Nathaniel was yeah. um, Richie's other boyfriend, the active boyfriend. Oh, the active oh, boyfriend. Right, right. I think like he got more of a... But I, I do love that also... Um, what's the girl's name? The best friend? Jill. 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 I'm glad yeah. that like, yeah, because all these people... Like the the female friends and stuff, they always yeah. get lost kind of in yeah. the mix, Absolutely. and it was nice to kind of have a and spotlight they... on these strong female characters yeah. in these gay people's lives. Mm. And yeah, that scene at the end is the one that absolutely yeah. broke me when she's in the hospital mm. and she sits yeah. next to that stranger and just holds his hand. It's mm. like is there for him. Those are the stories that are so often forgotten, mm. isn't yeah. it? The, the yeah. women that were sticking by the men that yeah. were. And look, 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 it's not just women, but but a yeah. lot of the time those stories that are forgotten. Mm. And there's a lot of women living in our society now that lost all of their friends yeah. then and that don't have that connection to the community mm-hmm. um, that they would have had their friends have, have lived through the epidemic. So w- wonderful that they're seeing their stories finally yeah. told because you're right, that's a yeah. story that is not being told. Yeah. And I can't yeah. imagine not having a Jill in my life. Every honestly, We all have Jills in our lives. Yeah, and I think that's what's so beautiful because everyone can relate so much to that. And like we all have yeah. our person. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> Thank you.
Well, we're just about to end, and I know I've already got one plug in, but I'm just going to get one more plug in. <laughs> uh, Story of your life, Tom. Comedy, fe- of course. Plug, the pandemic right? hit the week before Comedy Festival was supposed to start yes. last year. Yes. So my Comedy Festival show that I plugged so many times last year never actually happened. Oh, that worked then. So just try- <laughs> if, if just recently uh, listened to episodes. It's cute that you think we'd actually written it a week before it started, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm just going to get one more plug in here. Um, as, as some of you may know, I, I perform at a night called Granny Bingo uh, in <laughs> Melbourne. Um, and we're doing a comedy festival show at uh, Comedy Republic called An Intimate Evening with Granny Bingo. It's myself and Carmen Al as old ladies telling stories for an hour. It's going to be hilarious. And you can grab tickets at comedyrepublic.com.au. It opens on the 24th of March and runs for two weeks. It's a very respectable time of 6.10pm. Oh, the best time for comedy. Sure. Uh, I appreciate that. I'd also like to plug if anyone would like to join the military service. <laughs> my code, oh, yeah. uh, Luke's door list. <laughs> and and uh, please tweet RuPaul to it. get Marky on season two of the Australian yes. season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, First definitely. skateboarding queen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so nice to this chat with you so all. Nice. It's been so nice to be back so in the studio. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, we're, we're not going to commit to doing this at a regular interval, but we are no. going to keep doing it. We just don't know how. We're just going to do it when we think there's something it worth makes talking it sound about. Like the shitty boy, because it's our no, show, not your <laughs> show. <laughs> I think we 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 slogged our guts out doing it every week for a long time, and that was great. But uh, we're now going to do it when we feel that there's enough stuff to talk about, yeah. and when we um, have the time to do it. So the That's most it. important thing you can do if you don't want to miss out on any of the episodes yeah. is subscribe, subscribe, mm-hmm. subscribe. You can also rate and review. Yeah, but who subscribe. knows when we'll release an episode? We don't. Yeah, we don't. It. So Keep you'll it. get a little <laughs> notification uh, whenever we release an episode. Um, mm. So if you don't want to miss out, do that. Yeah. And keep doing juicy keep on, stuff out on. in the world. Yeah, so we yes. can talk about it. So we Please. can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, be agents. What is that? Be agents of change. No. Agents of change. Agents of change. I'm an agent of change. Um, but the more we do out in the world, the more uh, we have to discuss mm. and, and mm-hmm. uh, report on in our j- extremely legitimate journalistic (laughs) fashion that we do here the gays are revolting if you're in a country that uh that has a government that hasn't uh that hasn't handled this well i hope you're okay i hope it hasn't been too painful hearing us talk about going to clubs and that sort of stuff yeah and we can't fucking wait until all of your clubs open and i'm sure that you go back to a much better country than we are um yeah yeah I, I don't I can't imagine what it's like to still be in lockdown. No. Sending our no, love to you yes. and hoping that you'll be able to come visit us and we can visit you soon. Yeah. Mm. Yes. It's so nice. It's mm. been such a release to finally It get really to, has. And yeah. it, I think it's just so nice to see everyone's energy because everyone's just yeah. so happy to be there mm. and just be with each other. Well, and Glenn and I have vibe. finally started fucking without face masks. Oh, nice. beautiful. Like eight months. I'm surprised he's still with you if you can see your face. <laughs> <laughs> we went home. I took him home to yeah. we went to Adelaide. Oh, yeah. It was intense. Yeah. Like, it's weird to talk about this at the end of the show. Yeah. But we drove <laughs> back because I think something that happened to me over COVID and mm. lockdown, when I lost my mum, my I, I realized, like, maybe I need to start juggling this, like, Melbourne gay yeah. uh, family that I have here yeah. with my actual biological yeah. family. And so Christmas was kind of a go at, like, how can I incorporate these two sides of myself Yeah. Uh, by bringing Glenn with me. It was like, uh, it wasn't the best mm. yeah. attempt as uh. things go. It turns out uh, I'm quite annoying. Uh, <laughs> what? We have about 200 no, hours worth of podcasts yeah. that I could have played for you that would have proven that. Yeah. Um, but life has changed. And I think that's yeah. one, one difference I think that has actually come out of COVID is we're starting to value 
that the relationships mm-hmm. we have can be gone mm-hmm. absolutely in a very short amount of time and where we put our energy and our yeah. love yeah. Actually, into. Actually, I think that's actually a topic we definitely need to make on uh, when we do do our next episode is yes, like changes in values yeah. and stuff like oh, that. I thought you meant my Christmas trip home. No, no, no. no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm ready. On that. No, I, I feel like a lot of us have really yeah. changed our values and where absolutely. we want to spend our time and who we want to spend yes. our time with. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think everyone in the world has really. Yeah, yeah. so that's um, been interesting. But it's nice to still be mm. able to connect with the community mm. through this show. And it's absolutely. nice to it see that we're all still with our partners and everything's yeah, going really well. Yeah, we're all still healthy and feeling yeah. good, which is nice. Duncan and I just looked at a place before recording today because we're moving in together finally oh, yes yeah after three years tomorrow's our anniversary oh, i can't believe <laughs> oh, it made three years. years we were talking <laughs> we were talking such shit about you guys uh, don't point at me <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i mean i was but i didn't want him knowing yeah. episode one it was like episode, episode yeah, one like, when we first dating. started recording it was like yeah. the first week of me dating him yeah. basically so. you know how people have like christmas babies you had a gaze of revolting uh, relationship yeah you know? yeah the whole time so yeah. lovely to see you all mm. uh, and hopefully we'll be talking to you and coming in your ears yeah. pretty soon coming in your ears <laughs> filling your ears up that's my new phrase for the podcast like coming, coming in your in ears. ears this is my the gays revolting oh. coming in your ears bye and that's bye. all bye, bye. la <laughs>